Welcome to Tramlines, a podcast from Agri. I'm your host, Tony Smith, putting your questions to the experts. In this episode, I'm talking to Agri's fertilizer manager, Tom Land, and Sam Fordham, technical manager at Riser. Today, the focus turns to spring fertilizer needs for arable crops. With fertilizer availability issues increases to prices and grain price futures looking promising, the big question is how can growers balance the issues with the opportunities? So, good morning, Tom and Sam. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Tony. Good morning to you both, and I hope you're both very well. And it's great to have you back here on Tramlines. So, welcome back, and perhaps the best place to start is with you, Tom. So, what is the situation with spring fertiliser, you know, as it stands in terms of, of availability and costs? Well, we've got a few things to think about and talk about, Tony, really. Availability, yes, there is, you know, availability is more challenging in terms of choice of, of fertilisers. A lot of farmers will probably have maybe 70% or more stock in the sheds now and maybe some yet let, yet to buy while they're waiting to see what the markets are doing in terms of you know, are they changing up or down in terms of prices? Uh, and and now the, the thinking really comes around to what do I apply? How much do I apply? And how much more do I want to spend on fertilizer, I suppose? Yeah, of course. And where would you advise a farmer should start in, you know, shaping those thoughts? Do we start with understanding, firstly, what has been happening in the soil in terms of soil mineralization? What would be your advice? Yeah, and, and that's that's the really the starting point is is identifying the potential and setting the crops up for, for the season that we've got upon us. Uh, we're in a really interesting stage at the moment over here in the east because we've almost got uh, what I call a full spring at the moment. And uh, the weather is very kind to us. Soils are dry and the talk around nitrogen applications is, is starting to happen. And I think we've got to just understand how much nitrogen we've got in the soil. So if I look at what data we're seeing so far on soil mineral nitrogen sampling, levels are very similar to last year. Uh, We haven't seen a lot of nitrogen movement through the soils. We haven't, you know, we've still got more rainfall to come uh, and that will move nitrogen through the soil profile up until really uh, March. Uh, So understanding how much nitrogen we've got in the soil isn't important. Uh, nitrogen levels are very similar to last year. So you could say, well, you'll build a nitrogen recommendation very similar to last year, depending on price, market, et cetera. Uh, but certainly at the moment for growers who are thinking, oh, the weather's nice, let's go and put some fertilizer on, just really think about how much you're applying and what state the crop is in to receive and, and the soil to receive that fertilizer. Yeah, so Tom, you've been you've been talking about uh, soil nitrogen, but how does a grower actually know what is in the ground? Well, a really accurate way of actually understanding how much nitrogen is in the ground is to actually do a physical soil nitrogen test. Uh, that's where you measure how much ammonium and nitrate is in the soil, and also the Nmin test gives you the opportunity to measure uh, or predict how much nitrogen is going to come through mineralization. So how much is going to come from organic pools of nitrogen in the soil? And that's really useful if the farms had a history of using organic manures, because that's that's nitrogen you can capitalize on. Okay. Okay. So that sounds good in terms of, you know, nutrient status as to where we are right now. And uh listening to what you said when we we spoke before today was that, you know, grain prices 
uh, are looking potentially to be very good uh, if, if we look ahead? Yes. Uh, if you... You know, if you're planning nitrogen recommendations, this is the year where the term break-even ratio is, is a good thing to calculate and understand. So this is where you take an average of your fertilizer purchases uh, and an average of your potential grain selling price. And then you come up with a ratio uh, of grain uh, to fertilizer. And then that helps you decide, have you got a high break-even ratio or a low break-even ratio? Obviously, the higher the break-even ratio, the more challenging it is in terms of justifying nitrogen rates. So you'd maybe consider lowering nitrogen rates, whereas we may have some growers who bought nitrogen fertilizer when the new season started. Uh, and with the grain prices you know, around 200 pounds a tonne, that gives you a lot lower break-even ratio. And then the question comes, well, is there an economic justification to apply more to maybe try and achieve more yield potential? But my message would be just think about that stock you've got and maybe think about making that go further or maybe even think about carrying stock over to next year as well if you if you're if you're in that fortunate position uh and that's where building the right nitrogen recommendation is is hugely important so um coming to you sam you talk to a lot of growers um as riser how do growers make sense of this break-even point? You know, what tools can they use to work that out? Yeah, it's a good question, Tony, because uh, the, everything Tom's just just gone over, there's a there's a lot of metrics to take into account with making decisions, and the, the inflation in the price of fertilizer has kind of compounded that decision making. It's not as easy as it has been previously just to say let's throw a bit more at it because it looks like it might it might yield so the the understanding and pulling together of all those different metrics to make the right decision is is kind of where i believe riser and and particularly the the tools within riser can can come through and, and help farmers with decision making and there, there is there is a goal to go at here. You know, Tom Tom said that grain prices are, are, are looking positive, and there is a chance that if if there is a any potential lack in yield this year, that that could go up from where it is today. And I think the key thing we've got to understand there is how to how to utilise what we've got to get the best return. Yeah, absolutely. So the detail and the decision making is all important. So from Riser's perspective, what what tools are you using on farm to, to help make those decisions? So we, as we discussed in previous podcasts, Riser, the Riser platform allows growers to access weather data and important weather data such as rainfall and soil temperature when we're thinking about nitrogen. Uh, we've got the ability to assess crops from from sort of a bird's eye view with satellite imagery and traditionally satellite imagery has been a bit of a, a difficult one to justify at times because we are not we live on an island we farm on an island that has this annoying thing called cloud cover and we're quite excited that this year we will have a solution to that in riser so we will be able to provide our customers with uh, imagery to help them monitor crops to be able to to see where the differences are in that crop and that then filters down to the agronomist and the and advisors like Tom and his team 
that can use that imagery to, to ground truth what the, what the crop is doing. And that's going to be incredibly valuable, Sam, isn't it, as to how the crop is doing, getting that insight. Tom, coming back to you, with that insight, how do growers or can growers make vital decisions as to where to invest in the crop or not? And I'm thinking here about PK holidays. What do you think? Yeah, I think this is where the toolkit that Riser has fits in with this kind of decision making. So with the information you've got at your fingertips at Riser, it gives you the opportunity to identify high-low areas of the field or high-low areas of the farm, whether that's for phosphorus or potassium. It also gives you the opportunity as well to identify soil types. And if you can start to pick out soil types, um, different nutrient uh, uh, ratios within the soil, it can maybe help focus your attention on where do you focus the spend? Uh, do, you, do you make the fertilizer you've got, for example, in terms of potassium fertilizers, do you target those to say the lighter soils uh, that may have lower potassium indexes uh, rather than focusing on the whole of the farm? And then also, what the sort of soil status is in terms of how the crop's going to manage this season with the weather because certainly thinking about growers who are trying to make nitrogen decisions today i would be using the tools within riser to identify areas which maybe have smaller biomass uh, but then also understand the soil type in terms of you know can that soil cope with the nitrogen application uh, in february you know, what, what's, gonna, what's Mother Nature going to throw at us? And is that soil, you know, suitable to take a nitrogen application? Just because we can do it doesn't mean we should. So those are, those are the sort of parts of the toolkit which maybe help you identify the parts of the farm that you know you can, you, you can get on with, but also maybe where you can help target the fertiliser, particularly in a year like this year where you're trying to make, you're trying to stretch things out. So Sam, a, a challenging question for you here. How much of a difference? Can all this digital information, this digital insight help the farmer, help the agronomist to make these vital decisions? What difference does it make? I mean, there's some fairly compelling figures we've we've had from the past two to three seasons from uh, specifically variable rate trials that we've conducted within Agri. And there's some punchy figures around nitrogen use efficiency and we've, we've seen increases in sort of between five and 8% in that, that NUE figure. We've also had some interesting gross margin figures coming back. And we're looking around about today's fertilizer pricing, sort of 33 to 35 pounds a hectare increase in gross margin. And that's typically come from a, a saving in product applications around about on that N3 timing, around about a 25% reduction in products being applied. And this is using a, a slightly, uh, seeing this still a slightly risky technique of, of feeding for yield. So we have biomass within a field that's varied and with varying biomass, it means we have different yield potential. Traditionally with variable rate nitrogen, it's been a case strong case to try and promote tillering by by putting more product or more nitrogen on on thinner poorer areas of the crop but actually the trials we conducted came back and said that well that does work 50 60 percent of the time but when we've taken those plots through to ear count 
we've noticed that whilst we manage to manipulate the tillers within that 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 tram line plot at ear count the crops evened itself out it's done its own thing and as i said if you get towards that end free timing you've got a better idea of crop variation you've got a greater understanding of yield potential uh, i think the weather's shown its hand a little bit by then as well they get into sort of late march early april you get a better feel for how that spring's going is there high sort of available moisture are we potentially going to have another droughty droughty spring but we can be a bit bolder with the decisions we're making and with the grain price where it is at the moment with the possibility it could rise where the fertilizer price where it is tom talking about his break-even ratios there will be a point where we have to say and be ruthless and say we're not going to put any more nitrogen on that area of the field there isn't the yield potential there or the risk of that nitrogen not being utilized fully by that area is too high at this pricing but as I said, with grain prices high, you don't want to limit yield. You don't want to be in a position where you're traditionally high yielding areas of the field, where you do get a good bang for your buck. You don't want to be holding them back. You still want to be pushing the potential. Sam, you talk about variable rate nitrogen. Um, where is its relevance now in current farming practice? That, that's a very good question, Tony, because, yeah, variable rate nitrogen has had a bit of a... Uh, a jaded past. I think it came uh, into UK agriculture before its time. It was a, a bit of a case of, well, we have the ability to do something, so let's do it, rather than understanding probably the most important question, which is, why are we doing this? And that switched a lot of early adopters off, and that has perhaps put a bit of nervousness in the marketplace about using it, but we have, we understand things a lot more. We understand the tools and where they fit into the, the farming year more. We understand what we're trying to achieve with them more. And certainly with the, the, the trials that Agri and Riser have been conducting, we, we personally have got a better understanding of what is and isn't possible. And we, we seem to be as an industry, quite rightly so in some respects, still focused on yield is king. Whereas actually, I feel that variable nitrogen is more at all for cost management and gross margin management over out and out barn filling yield. So I'm hearing some fantastic advice from both of you today, Tom and Sam. And what also strikes me is that having that knowledge, that insight as to what's going on in the soil with the crops development is really vital. And Sam, uh, I know that you guys at Riser don't stand still. So tell us a bit about what you've been working on. Yeah, so as, as I mentioned earlier, Tony, we've got a new innovation that's going to be available through, through Riser to, to agri-customers. And it's, it's taking satellite imagery to that next level. So we have what we call optical imagery that many customers will be used to seeing either through Riser or other, other people that provide uh, either what, what they might understand as NDVI or biomass imagery. And the, the, the drawback with, with this imagery is it relies on 
uh, the, the satellite being able to see the crop to measure the, the variation and provide the image. The new product that we will be launching is, is going to be cloud-free imagery. So no matter what the weather, uh, apart from snow, but we'll, we'll cover that one at the end, uh, but no matter what the, the weather, we will be able to provide an image every six days to our customers. And what that means is, is that the, the, the ability to have that data coming in regularly, timely with, with, and guaranteed gives farmers, agronomists, advisors, Thomas Fertilizer team to be able to, to be reactive more real time. They're working with the latest data the whole time. And the risk with variable rate, uh, particularly with variable rate applications is you could use an image that's 10 days old to make a plan from, but depending on how that spring is progressing with the weather, temperatures, sunlight, rainfall, 10 days is a big difference to a crop once it, once it gets its, its foot down. And I'll just come back to my caveat about the snow. Believe it or not, uh, it still needs to see the crop. It can punch through clouds, but it still needs to feed, feel, I say feel the crop, see the crop because it, it's actually radar that's measuring biomass. So if you've got six inches of snow on top of it, we, we, we unfortunately we still can't provide a map exciting news there sam so thank you for sharing that today so tom i know that you're very very busy at the moment taking calls every single minute of the day but what would be your top tip to growers who are listening today my top tip for growers today that's a, that's a really good one top tip is just don't set out on the 3rd of february deciding how much nitrogen you're going to apply to crops the season can change so much and, and like I said we're on you know unseasonably you know abnormal temperatures at the moment uh you feel like spring's upon us but there's still a long way to go through the season so just be very careful and I think what Sam has talked about as well in terms of having live data now that's a real game changer because often when we're trying to make critical decisions through the season we've got the opportunity now to actually physically see the crop and make and make more viable decisions rather than having to wait for some imagery that, 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 is, that is clear. So I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of top tips to take, but just think about what we're doing and we've got the tools actually to try and help you think through the season. Thanks, Tom. And Sam, for you, what would be your top tip to listeners today? I think take advantage of the tools at your disposal. Uh, the, there's a lot of tools that, that can be provided by, by Riser, but by other, other, other providers as well, that are either very low cost or free of charge. And particularly a year like this year where decision-making is going to be critical to profitability, then take advantage of all the information you can get. Great advice. So thank you, Tom and Sam, for your really helpful advice today. A very challenging time for growers as we move towards the spring, where key decisions are going to greatly influence farm profitability. That's it for this podcast, but do tune in again as we meet the experts throughout the season, exploring the many immediate and longer-term questions for growers and farmers in the UK. If you have any questions that you'd like us to ask the experts, email info at agri.co.uk. See you next time.